0: You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. We are right in the not in the heart, but right at the beginning of the last week of preseason games. So as we record here on Thursday, the 24th, and oh, by the way, 824, happy Black Mamba Day. Kobe Bryant, one of my favorite all-time players, so had had to get that in there. Black Mamba, we're thinking about you. All right, so uh, it is the last week of the preseason, so a lot of stuff's going to be happening players coming going you're starting to hear different things around the league trey lance is now number three in san francisco is he going to get traded by the end of the weekend i think like monday or tuesday like 37 guys per team are going to be cut out there free agents then, you know, a bunch will be back, brought back for practice squads. So it's just going to be, you know, for front office, it's just a bonanza of figuring out who's going to go where. You can take plucking guys from other teams. What are you doing? So we got that going on. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's on the block, given permission by the Colts. So uh, let's bring in Alex right now. And let's just start right there with uh, with Jonathan Taylor. What I mean, we've been talking about the running back market all summer, I guess, and uh, all last season, and the season before that, just kind of you know devalue, devalue, devalue. However you want to put it, these guys are important to teams, but money wise, it's just not happening. What do you think? Is this going to happen for Jonathan Taylor? Who's going to pay that premium to get him, and then a big deal that he's? I'm sure he's looking for.
1: That's probably the toughest thing that he will have to overcome because. I'm sure there will be a few teams lining up to trade for him, but they're not going to pony up uh, this big payday that he's expecting, especially for a guy that had his career year a couple of years back. This is a guy that has been injured. He's been hampered. Um, he quickly rose to the top and became one of the the top running backs in the league. But again, this was a couple of years back. Um, I'm looking... His trademark is being maybe... I'm looking at like Christian McCaffrey deal that the 49ers pulled off last year. I mean, they traded like a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and then a fifth round pick in 2024. We could speculate that the Colts can expect something similar to that, but they certainly can't expect a first round pick. Nobody's going to pony up that much. And... Um, That's the the biggest question mark for me is the extension. I mean, some team can extend him for a couple of years, but they're not going to give him like a big time deal. So this is most likely a rental for a year for a team that feels that they're on the cusp and they need some running back, possibly a guy that can score touchdowns, a guy that can be that workhorse so I expect for this to to get done fairly quickly. I really do. I don't think Jonathan Taylor has played his last snap for the Colts. He was their best player. by the way, he's still their best player and the Colts are basically in rebuilding mode right now. Uh, I'm expecting somebody to step up and just take the the year rental, but I don't think a team that will trade for him, will give him a big time deal right away because I think he is he's already on his last legs, Lou. I mean he carried so much during the Wisconsin 20,
0: Yeah, but he's he's twenty four years old. But now, he had I so many it. carries in I get college, the Lou. He had I get, so many I get the yeah. yeah, I mean I get the uses, but he's still only twenty-four years old. So even though he's had that, say if you want to call it you know, tread off the tire, okay, but he's still only twenty-four. So I think he could probably get a three-year deal. I don't know if he would take that. Uh, it might be, you know, something like I think $30 million over three years would probably be sort of difficult right now, but I'm sure he's looking more towards like McCaffrey money, you know, $14, $15 million a year. And I don't I don't know that the trade can get consummated unless. That team that's making the trade, I I understand that the rental and so forth, but I think that team's going to want a commitment from the guy for at least two or three years. Uh, So this might, I mean, on my side, the way I look at it, I don't know that it does get done quickly because of that, that he – not only, I mean, and this is agent-driven. The Colts have given them till Tuesday to find a team, and I'm the Dolphins are still sniffing around running backs. They, they, they apparently they checked in on Josh Jacobs, and the Raiders are saying we're not trading them. But obviously, you know, here, I mean, the Eagles are all they're They seem to be in on every deal. I don't know how serious it'll be or what they'd be willing to give up. But when you're talking about a rental, that would be one team that's in position that could do that. right? right? Because they've drafted so well, they always build up uh, future years draft capital. So they're in a position that they could probably give up some picks and not hurt them too much moving forward and take advantage of him for a short term. But again, from his perspective, I think that's just, he loses even that more leverage on a two to three year deal if he, play, if he stays under the with another team so this is I, I, this i don't know the tuesday deadline i think you know teams are saying well there's going to be all these players cut granted not as good as jonathan taylor but do we want to give up like you said three or four draft picks uh plus pay him all this money this this is going to be interesting and we'll kind of make point on the fact that running backs it's going to be like a rare select few guys that get that second contract. I, I really believe that's, I think that's the way it's going to go. It's that they're not going to, he's not going to find the deal that he wants money wise out there. And he'll just say, well, fine, I'll just, you know, play for the Colts and finish this out and, you know, free agency. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it's a difficult spot for him to be in his agent, uh but again you know deadlines make deals so let's see who's willing to uh pull the trigger
1: i think the best team is the buffalo bills like to me that's a no brainer i know they don't value running backs but when you look at their team right now you've got cook he's more of a change of pace back that's what he was at georgia that's what they drafted him to be right now he seems to be in the number 1 running back but jonathan taylor would be an upgrade there with jonathan allen with those wide receivers To me, that's a no-brainer. That's the team that should take a one-year rental. They could get rid of some of those day two picks and just go all in because, hey, you're hanging in the balance. The Miami Dolphins have gotten better with their new coaching staff and that offensive scheme. The Jets are on the rise. The Buffalo Bills are kind of the forgotten team right now. They're still one of the favorites for the Super Bowl, still have one of the best odds, but the Jonathan Taylor trade, We'll put them over the top. I'm not sure. The the Bills never pay running backs. But that's a one-year rental. That's the team that I'm looking to be the most realistic team to, to pull this, this trade off. I, I, this makes a lot of sense for the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Colts would do it. It's not like they're trading them within the division. Uh, to me, that's the team on the cusp of a Super Bowl. Jonathan Taylor, for a year fighting for that contract. If he's healthy, uh, I think that would be a perfect team for him.
0: All right. A couple of top defensive players, two of the top three for defensive player of the year last year, still holding out, uh, Chris Jones, I don't know, maybe it's because it, it, I'm close to it. It's the Chiefs and whatever, and I read everything, and it seems like he's out there talking a little bit more. haven't heard much on the Nick Bosa stuff, though, which, again, is is very interesting. In the, in the midst of all this Trey Lance and who's going to be our top three quarterbacks, Nick Bosa still is holding out. Not saying that he's not going to play, but, again, young dude looking for his second contract. And, again, one of the top three defensive players – in the league, uh, I don't know. Those two are, are, are kind of perplexing. Jones a little bit older, so I can see the Chiefs' trepidation about making him, a, whatever, a $30 million a year defensive tackle. Bosa playing on the edge, young guy, second contract. You'd think this would have been done weeks ago. But uh, that just seems interesting to me. And as a 49ers fan, I mean, are you concerned at any point that, you know, not that it doesn't get done, but by the time he comes in, is he going to be so far behind the eight ball? What, what are your thoughts?
1: I am concerned. Uh, this could go on into the regular season. I do think that the 49ers want to get it done, but they seem to be far apart on the deal. He, like I said a couple of weeks ago, he is. The guy that makes it all go on the defensive side of the ball, he is the catalyst. He is like to me the captain, the star, the quarterback of that defense. He is the driving force. And even if he comes back and this deal gets done, they're still gonna bring him along slowly, like in the first couple of weeks, just because he's not ready. I mean, he he hasn't been out there during training camp, during those preseason games. He's not. I would assume he's not in the best football shape because it's one thing working out every day. But it's another thing, you know, uh, going all out, you know, on on defense uh, when, you know, you're facing NFL regular season games. So I hope it gets done. But the, the Chris Jones situation, I hear that he's willing to hold out until like week eight. He seems to be pretty serious about it. So that's like half of the season. He's also the catalyst for you guys. So um, I'm concerned there that there seem they seem to be a lot far apart that maybe the the 49ers and the Bosa camp.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean you have just heard different things of well, just you know, he's looking for thirty million, whatever. I mean, I would imagine, you know, from his side of it and the his agent's side of it. He deserves every penny to, to be up with Aaron Donald and above like some of these younger DTs that sign their contracts like Simmons and and Qu- Williams and those guys. And they were in the 26, 27 seven million dollar range. So, I mean, he's got to be looking at himself with all these years. I mean, he kind of closed the deal in the AFC championship game the Super Bowl against the Niners. I mean, he kind of, he kind of wrecked the game at the end and, and just he's that guy and they really don't have anyone else. I mean, Frank Clark's out of there. He kind of, you know, he was playoff Frank. It seemed like he kind of turned it up. So, and so they've got a bunch of young guys, edge rushers, but on the inside, they've got a bunch of rotational players, but nothing, nothing even close to Chris Jones. The, I think the issue here is that I believe he's like 29 years old and depending on the length that he's looking for, again, I would think the chiefs would want to go much shorter term deal. Uh, he's probably looking for a bulk of it to be guaranteed. Uh, But from a, a salary cap perspective, maybe the chiefs want it to be a little bit longer, but with voidable years, the fake years at the end, make the average look, you know, it's just all these different games you can play with it, but you know, it's, it's about the guaranteed money and so forth. So, you know, three years, 90 million, I don't think would be too far out of bounds. And I would imagine, I don't know probably about 80 to 90% of it will should be guaranteed. But again, you've got these, you know, long-term view of the of the GM. They got to kind of project out all these other guys that are younger guys actually are coming up for their second deals and, you know, what you're going to pay them, how he fits in the whole thing. Now they've already won a couple of Super Bowls, so that enters into it too. It's like You know, our window's still, you know, going to be open as long as Patrick's healthy and we've got this thing rolling. But I agree with you; they're they're not uh, they're not nearly the contenders they think they are without Chris Jones in the middle of that defense. So, uh, all right, Baker gets another shot. Uh, We kind of saw this coming. You know, when they made the signing, it was kind of his job to lose. But uh, we have to believe and and believe what we've. Been saying over the last few weeks is that this is kind of his last shot he's got to get this done he's he not that he has to be great but he has to be competent keep the team in contention get the operation running smoothly i mean you've got Godwin, you've got evans you've got weapons here that you know that, that you can work with and arguably these are the best weapons he's ever had Uh, Now, OBJ was kind of in and out injuries. You know, obviously, you know, we can argue the talent him Evans, but no one can question Evans, the longevity, the consistency, the health that dude is. I mean, he's putting up numbers that we haven't seen before to start a career. But his name rarely comes up as one of the top receivers in the NFL, so that's that's a whole different story. But as far as Baker's concerned, this is it, right? I mean, I mean, if by halfway through the season it's not going well, uh, again, the the big if there is a Big Twelve network or or whatever comes calling, I think he should go, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But again, he's got a shot, like you mentioned, with the Tampa Bay Bucks, because. Uh, They do have some serious playmakers that have proven themselves over the long haul. Like you said, Godwin, Mike Evans. I mean, there's some serious offensive firepower here. But we've seen it before. He's had this, you know, these weapons with the Cleveland Browns before as well. You know, it's not like this is the first go around for him. So, I mean, he had OBJ when they traded for him and tried to make it work there. So, I don't know. I think the, the toughest part for me with the Bucks is that I don't think their offensive line is as strong as it used to be. You know, Tristan Warfs was, um, was a great right tackle, but now they moved him to left tackle. Um, we'll see how that works out. But in general, I don't think that offensive line is, is that great. And they don't have the, the running game. I think a lot is going to rely on Mayfield's shoulders. You know, I think the defense is not going to be as good, and they're going to be expected to score a little bit more. And that's not who Baker is. Baker is not a guy that's going to put up with this offense 30 or 35 points a game. Unfortunately, the, the Bucks have to play more like a defensive-style game, more of a slowdown game, more of, you know, being Baker who manages the offense instead of, you know, winning the the, the game. And I think that's the toughest part for me. Baker has never been the guy. He's been more of a caretaker uh, for his entire career. So uh, you can't ask him to kind of break out of character and become the gunslinger, the guy who throws like 40, 50 times a game, because he showed that's not who he is during his career. And I don't think he is all of a sudden going to, you know, become... The, the great quarterback, you know, with the
0: Tampa Bay Bucks. No, and I don't know that, that, that Bowles wants him to be that. Again, like we said, you look at history, when he was with Cleveland, his most successes when I mean, that was one of the best running teams you see. But again, they had an all-world offensive line. They had Nick Chubb. They had Kareem Hunt after after a couple of years to kind of break break up the pace there a little bit. But it's just he needs that. He absolutely needs that. He's not that guy. I think again, it was just you know Dorsey's eyes beaming and oh, this is another Favre, and it was never going to be that. But um, I hope I, I hope for him. He seems a lot more humble at the mic. I hope he's kind of his he's at a point where he now kind of knows who he is and all the, the false bravado and everything else is kind of gone. And he he kind of knows what his strengths are and he plays to those and just, you know, make it about football. And hopefully that's enough because again, in that division, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes uh, it's not like, you know, it's, it's a gauntlet. You got a bunch of first year quarterbacks, Up all the way up and down that that division. And uh, yeah, it's it's there for the taking. I don't know if they're talented enough to do it, but if they get some breaks and they win some games in the division, who knows? I mean, it was like that last year. All right, so just a, a real brief snippet on, on Hard Knocks, the New York Jets infomercial and Aaron Rodgers infomercial continues. Uh, they've had their struggles with the with the offensive line, and I'm sure that'll continue for most of the season. Like They're going to have to figure out how to work around it. But the one piece that I took of this last episode was when uh, it was at practice and uh, Randall Cobb was standing there with uh, – all the wide receivers and basically telling them hey yeah I just talked to 12 oh no 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 I talked to 8 <laughs> realized the number change and was just saying how you know too many mistakes guys aren't where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there he said hey listen he, at some point he's going to lose it you know you know it's everything's pretty cool now but you know you got to make sure that you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there you're on the same page as him and if he can't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. So it's nothing different than we've ever talked about. Uh, I'm sure that's what he his experience was in Green Bay and as uh, late as last year with the rookies and how long that took to kind of get going. So it would be interesting to see, but uh – but Aaron just seemed I mean, he just seems like a completely different guy. So I'm here for this Aaron. I found a new respect for the guy. Hopefully he kind of you know, tutors this team and they're, they're able to be more than competitive in the AFC East. So, all right, let's look at our NFC overview. Where do you want to start, Alex? You want to start in the East? You want to start in the West? Where, where do you want to go? Let's
1: let's start with the West. I mean, let, let's start with my division. All
0: right, very good. Well, I think just in general, the conventional wisdom, and I think anybody that's been watching for the last few years is Philadelphia and San Francisco are the class of this conference. There's no question I mean this is just like the easy 10,000 foot view. Those are the two best teams. They were last year. You have no reason to believe that they won't be this year except for the fact of you know Brock Purdy's health. You hope he's ready to go. He's been practicing, got a little game action. Uh, we'll probably get some this week. Not a lot, but just kind of bringing things along. Uh, but in terms of the West, I, I get a sneaking suspicion Seattle's going to make some noise. I don't know that they could take over San Francisco. Now, again, if, if, if Purdy isn't what he was last year, and, you know, maybe it's a little Sam Darnold or maybe Purdy's just a little bit more limited. Just that little that little glimmer of hope. I I, I can see Seattle maybe, you know, pressing that and maybe maybe making some noise here.
1: I don't think so, though. I think the 49ers nah. are going to run away with this division. I actually think that um, they should.
0: I mean, they really should.
1: They've got the most talented roster. I mean, let's let's be honest here. If you, if you look at, at each position, I think quarterback remains a mystery because you don't know what you have there. I mean, Brock Purdy is coming back from an injury. Sam Darnold is your backup, but he's also had some injury question marks. Trey Lance is most likely going to get traded because he's the number 3 quarterback now, but I just this is the team that went 15 and 5 last season, including playoffs. You know, I just, I I look at this team and they still have a good defense. Maybe it's going to take a step back, but Nick Bosa is going to return.
0: I would venture to guess a great defense. I mean, they,
1: well, I mean, they lost their defensive. They lost,
0: they lost, they lost Hargrave. Yeah, it's true. No D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, let's,
1: let's be honest here. I mean, uh, it's going to be the same scheme, but they lost their heart and soul. Uh, A guy that, that got the most out of this unit the last couple of years, but they still have the same players. Um, I'm just—I have my question marks about Christian McCaffrey's health. Can he stay healthy for the entire 17 season, a 17 17-game season? I also have question marks about Debo because Debo is kind of taken a step back. They've used him a lot, and they, I think they've overworked him. To be honest with you, and it's just—to me, from like the second half of last year, he wasn't the same player. So I'm just curious, like, are, are those injuries going to catch up with him? And can he be the old world that he was in 2021 and in the early part of the 2022 season? But I do think that this is the most talented roster. I don't. I think the Seahawks kind of got the, got the most out of themselves last year. I don't anticipate that Geno Smith is going to have another great season. Because I think last year's season was just something of, you know, kind of out of the box for him, um, you know. And so I just, I, I don't think the Seahawks are, will pose a big threat to the 49ers. I think the Rams are, are one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think Matthew Stafford's health is going to come back to haunt them. And the Arizona Cardinals are lucky to win, like, one game this season. So, um, I mean, let's— <laughs> Well, Kyler, let's...
0: Kyler will show up at some point during the season. And that's should the he? big question mark right now. I mean, should uh, he?
1: I don't think well, he will Well, I should. think he'll be,
0: he'll, he'll be healthy enough to play at a certain point. Uh, but, you know, again, I mean, that's just a, I guess, a, a franchise decision that they're going to have to make that, okay— is this like we get halfway through the season, we're awful. Do we just continue to play into that a little bit farther and just, you know, try to, you know, you got a, a handful, it seems like, of a quarterbacks coming out next year or eligible to come out next year. And, you know, do we pull the plug? I mean, do we try to, do we try to go – really roll the dice and say, okay, we're going to take one of these guys. But the biggest thing is, will we be able to find a trade partner to take Kyler's contract off our books so that we can go with the young guy and make this a complete rebuild? We talked this uh, about this kind of off air at the beginning with Isaiah Simmons, and that was one of my other notes here for for the Cardinals. Was okay, what to do with Isaiah Simmons? Because I watched the the replay of the, the Chiefs Cardinals game, and they've got they had him playing defensive back uh, last year. They tra- you know, it was almost an experiment. Like let's put him at linebacker. I mean, I when I see him, and I saw him at Clemson, it was almost this is like a like I'm almost like a Micah Parsons light where he's just this tool that you could employ employ anywhere in your defense. And they just, it, whether it's him or the coaching or whatever, it's like, they don't know what to do with them. And lo and behold, you know, earlier today there's, you know, on, alert <laughs> Isaiah Simmons traded the Giants for a seventh round pick. This kid was a top 10 pick, you know, just a few years ago. And uh, maybe Wink Martindale, you know, can, can find a way to use him. And you think if anybody can, he will, I, I can see him being, being used as a, as a blitz on third downs, just playing kind of like on the edge a little bit and he can drop back or, or, or rush this could be a fine for the Giants, but I I just thought it was interesting to say, okay, what to do with Simmons and bang, they trade <laughs> like we, we don't know what to do with them either. Let's go. Seventh we'll take a seventh round pick and and get out of here. But well, yeah, that that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough team to to really watch. I feel bad for James Conner and some of the vets Buda Baker, but that's gonna be a tough season.
1: Well, it's gonna be a fire sale come october so uh, buddha baker is probably going to be playing elsewhere but you know it's a, I apparently isaiah simmons asked the new coaching staff to move him to defensive back and play safety yeah. so that's kind of interesting because in 2022 i'm looking at you know isaiah simmons numbers with the arizona cardinals 99 total tackles seven passes defended five tackles for loss four sacks two interceptions, two forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. So, he showed up as a versatile player the last couple of seasons. He struggled early on as a rookie, but then, you know, he kind of found a groove. I think the the Giants got themselves a steal and they only gave up a 7th round pick for an 8th overall pick in 2020. Yeah. That's just it's amazing. Some teams just give away these players for free. This isn't a guy that just didn't know how to play football and like didn't do anything in the NFL or, for, to, or
0: forgot. Right, he
1: <laughs> he played very well in 2022, and it seems like the Arizona Cardinals, like you said, didn't know what to do with him.
0: And, and again, you'd think Gannon comes in there. I mean, he's a you know defensive guy. You would think you know he would really. All right, let's see what we can do with him and. it's, Hey, preseason, we, we're we're out. So that was interesting. You mentioned the Rams, too. I mean, you got Stafford, Cup, Donald. I mean, beyond those three guys, it's almost like, well, what else is there? You know, Van Jefferson, you think every year it seems like, okay, this is his year to pop, this is his year to pop. You hope he's healthy and maybe he does. I don't know. Uh Few years back, a couple of years back, they drafted Tutu Atwell, this like diminutive player from Louisville, put up all these huge numbers in college. But he's like five eight, hundred and seventy pounds, if that. You know, what do you do with this guy? Is he a receiver? Is it just a kick returner? Is he a combination? You know, let's see what happens there. But they got a ton of draft picks over over the last couple of years that have to hit, or they're going to be in huge trouble. The, I mean, f them picks. Yeah, they got their Super Bowl and so forth, and and that's good. And now, hey, it's time. It's time to pay the piper, and it's sh- it'll just be interesting because I think we mentioned it on previous shows where they went to Stafford this year to try to get him to restructure. Maybe they could bring in some other vets, and he was like, "Nah, <laughs> not not really here for that. Uh, this is kind of my last my last you know go around I mean, I, no, so. Uh, th- this is going to be interesting.
1: Cup. Uh, to see I mean, how that cup is out. cup is injured again, and you know you've got like Cam Akers. He kind of caught fire like during the last yeah. like six or seven games last season. But I think he's going to be a trade chip if they start losing games. And I also want to throw this out there: Aaron Donald is going to be a big trade chip come trade deadline. I mean, I'm almost certain of it because I just don't anticipate the Rams winning a lot of games. And I just feel like they're going to unload salaries like they did with Jalen Ramsey. I think they might do the same thing with Aaron Donald, Cam Akers. I don't think Matthew Stafford is going to be worth anything, but with his bad back and you know all the injuries, but I think the the Cam Akers, Aaron Donald, those yeah. guys might be very attractive to to some teams.
0: Donald might be a tough one because again you talked about a rental early. I think that's kind of what it would be because he's still he's got a you know big numbers huge part of his contract. He was talking about retiring you know a little bit after the Super Bowl and then he comes back and they redo his deal, pay him a bunch of extra money. Uh, so that yeah, that could be an interesting one. but uh, yeah, I mean San Francisco's the class, but I, I, I really have a belief that Seattle is going to be there. Um, not that they're going to overtake the Niners, but I think again with you know Bosa coming in late, you mentioned the the quarterbacks, so I, I think that defense is really you know the youth, especially the defensive backs, some of those pass rushers that, that, that they've drafted over the last couple of years with some injuries, maffe they you know that's that's going to be a sneaky team. Pete's always going to have them competing. All right, let's go to the South, the most enigmatic. Enigmatic, uh, I think, division in football because you have no idea on a bunch of these teams. Uh, it seems easy to just say, okay, well, the Saints have a lot of you know strong veterans on the defense. They're still a good defensive team. Derek Carr is a better quarterback than they had last year. They own. They seem to own Tampa. Uh, Carolina's you know rookie Ritter's you know second year guy. You know, Baker, come on. I, I, you know, it just seems real simple to just, okay, the Saints are going to do it. Michael Thomas looks like he might be back. Olave's going to elevate his game. You know, Kamara's going to be out for a little bit, but, you know, he'll be back eventually. You know, is it as easy just saying, hey, New Orleans has the vets. They've got a mixture of youth. Thomas coming back. That's That's got to be the class of this division, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, this is a toss up. We'll do a preview and and make our picks. For me, it's tough to when we talk about this division, the NFC South, it's really tough for me to to pick a winner because you can make a case for every team in this division for various reasons, right? The Saints have Derek Carr. The the Panthers clearly I believe have the best defense. Uh they played really well down the stretch with Steve Wilkes being the interim coach. And they seem to have the same players returning, plus, you know, Bryce Young minus DJ Moore. And then you have the Falcons. You know, you don't know what to think of the Falcons' defense, but they keep adding on offense. And Arthur Smith, with basically the same type of personnel as an offensive coordinator with the Titans, was able to, to carry the team pretty far into the playoffs. Him and, and Mike Rabel. I I don't know. This is, to me, this is a really tough division. And, you know, it could be the Saints. could be the Panthers. could be the Falcons. I mean, at this point, I just, I have, I mean, like I said, we're going to have a a preview show. And I'm still kind of kicking myself because I just, I don't know who to pick. And (laughs) I'm really struggling with this. I really am.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not going to overthink this one. I'm going to put up the, the pictures of the four quarterbacks that are starting. And who do I trust the most? I, yeah, It's probably going to be Derek Carr. And, what has in, he in proven
1: game. to you? What has uh, he won? No, no,
0: no. Well, okay, I'm just saying in comparison to the other three in his division. I'm not saying you know he's going to take him to a Super Bowl. But if you're picking this division and you're just looking at the four quarterbacks in this division, who would you trust most? That's that's I guess that's the way I'm putting it. I should preface that. But that's kind of what I'm looking at.
1: Do you he, think do you think Derek Carr is one of the more overrated quarterbacks in this league?
0: I don't know that he's really over or underrated. He is just kind of what he is. Right. What is I mean, he, what is he? He's a, I would say an above average quarterback.
1: Would but you want to have him
0: on your team? I'm, OK, again, Alex, I'm not debating. No, I I wouldn't. If I was going to draft quarterbacks, I would not have him in my top 10, maybe not even the top 15. But if you're looking at this division, the other choices are Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter or Baker. I, I don't know. It just seems pretty easy to me that that guy is better than those three are right now. Bryce Young may turn out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't know that he's there or anywhere close to there right now. Baker, we've already discussed him. Desmond Ritter, who knows? He played a few games last year, but if I'm just looking at this division, this division only, I'm looking at those four guys. I'm going with Carr. So I, I have that's, question that's marks.
1: I have question marks about Saints defense, just in general. They they aren't. They weren't as good last year with Dennis Allen taking over as the head coach. And I just, I think they're going to regress again. I don't think they have enough horses. And, you know, Derek Carr is not one of those guys that excels at, at carrying the team. Plus you have, what, Kamara out for a little while. How many games is he going to miss? Four? How I minutes? think,
0: yeah, Jamal. Williams. well, you got Jamal Williams backing him up. I know they've got. Um, I'm trying to think of. There's somebody. There was a, when I watched them. Well, obviously, I watched the game against the Chiefs, and I, I there was they had a couple other backups that looked like they were, you know, were. Uh,
1: competent it's i don't know it's preseason if low it's exactly season. so
0: but you have to but you have to watch and say okay can this guy play? Is he gonna make the team you know whatever and again it's not a d- difficult division so that's that's kind of in the context of this division now you know can he, any of these teams win a playoff game uh, probably not but somebody's gotta win it all right now one again one of the more intriguing Intriguing divisions, but for maybe different reasons, is the old Norris division, the uh, NFC North. The darlings are the Lions, of course. I mean, you see the explosive, the explosive offense. They've added, they've added some pieces with Jamar, Jamar, Jamar Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think it's Jameer Gibbs. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with that. Uh, Minnesota, again, very explosive offensively, but, you know, defense is kind of lacking. And the same thing with Detroit. Now, they've brought in some guys in the back end with Sutton and uh Gardner Johnson they they drafted some, some players in the back end they bring in Campbell the court the, the linebacker who again kind of a sideline to sideline guy i don't know if i take him in the first round but i think he's going to be a, a piece there and then the two te- the two oldest teams in the league the packers and the bears what are these quarterbacks going to do i mean it's that's in you know, a that is so intriguing to me that I think Jordan Love, I don't think he's going to be a great player, but I think he's going to surprise some people and be a little bit better than we expect. Fields, we know what he can do with his legs. He's got DJ Moore now. We've got a, a full off season with uh, Claypool and Mooney. You've got a couple of tight ends, uh, namely – Wow, I mean, I think this is going to be a much tougher division than we anticipate. I think Detroit, I, I still like them a lot, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the intrigue at those at those two teams, the Packers and, and and the Bears, if their quarterbacks can be again just above average, they can make some noise in the division for sure.
1: The Minnesota Vikings were the team that you were high on uh, last year, yes. and they did yep. win the division. But they're coming off a really shocking, like thirteen and four season, and I expect them to take a step back. I mean, they won a lot of one score a games. A lot of one score year. games, yeah. And usually those teams regress. They really do. I didn't see them making any big time moves, except if you want to call Brian Flores bringing him. Getting in.
0: rid of people though, they got you know a couple of guys they let go.
1: Well, they, they brought in Brian Flores, and I think he's a very talented yeah. defensive coordinator. So, but they lack the pass rush. I, I don't understand how they're going to be able to, to get pressure. So I think they're going to regress. As far as the Bears, Justin Fields still has to show that he can get it done. And now, like you mentioned, they have DJ Moore, the clear number one wide receiver. I think Fields is good, but is the entire team good enough? I mean, they tried to fix the offensive line. Are they good enough on defense? Do they expect Justin Fields to just be their, their savior in Chicago in year three? I'm not sure. The Green Bay Packers love is trash, Lou. He really is. I mean, as far as, like, him showing some signs during the preseason and you see some things he'll tease you but I think what it will come down to during the regular season is that Jordan Love is going to turn it over he's going to throw a lot of picks he's going to fumble the ball he's going to take a lot of snap sacks I just I don't see that the Packers are going to be able to well here's the one thing I would push
0: back on in on the in their offense is that when Lafleur was the the O.C. In, in, in Tennessee, I mean, he ran I – mean, obviously, Derrick Henry and, and, and those guys in the offense a, a lot more. I think maybe you're going to see a much different Packers offense here because Dylan and Aaron Jones, I think, are going to get used and they're going to get used a lot and love a lot of play action, a lot of the boot action. Not that they're again they're going to be an overpowering offense, but I don't think they're going to put him in a position. I mean, unless the defense completely fall game, I don't think they're going to put him in a position where they're actively looking for him to make huge plays on the regular. Hey, three or four times a game. Absolutely. It's every every quarterback has to do that. Can he do it? We'll see the jury that we don't know probably not but we still don't know but i think you're going to see a little bit different off i think he's going to get back to that that run game uh, they're going to run it a lot more i think
1: i i hope that that will happen but i just think there's no way the packers can keep going like this with this quarterback um, they can't hit on every quarterback for the last like fifty years. It's just impossible. I just I expect them to take a step back. They had Favre. They had Aaron Rodgers. It's time for the Packers to show their uh, mortality and you know take a step <laughs> back with those quarterbacks.
0: Maybe he's maybe he's more Don Mikowski. The magic man, you know, where he could do it, you know, a couple times, a few times a year, but maybe not consistently and be, you know, a great player. So I don't know that anybody's looking for Jordan Love to be the next Hall of Famer, but I don't know that they really need him to be. So I, I don't know. I just I just have a sneaking suspicion again that that run offense is going to be, you know, turned up a little bit more, go back to his, you know, Shanahan roots and, and, and play that way a little bit more. And whereas, you know, with, with Rogers, it was basically him reading everything, making his checks, getting into different plays that he liked. And yeah, you got to let him do that. He's one of the best ever, but I think with the first year starter, I don't think, it's going to be that at all I think he's going to have that ability but it's not going to be like Aaron on every play and you know run pass option and he's checking to that slant it seemed like you know to Devontae on on the regular you know you're not going to see a whole lot of that but uh, yeah I just think Dylan and, and Jones are primed for huge years both of them if they can stay healthy and the offensive line should be as good as it's ever been especially with Bakhtiari coming back
1: You know I have a soft spot for Jared Goff. You know I defended him when you know they unleashed him and and tried to throw him under the bus and blame Cal Bears, man, and blame him for all the problems that occurred with the Rams. But the Lions were the darlings for most NFL fans last season. So I hope you know I hope they'll be able to win their first division. They will become the first the division champs for the first time in thirty years. I am pulling for them. I rooted for them last year, so we'll see what happens there. When we make our predictions, you know, I'm going to try to to give out a shout out to to the Detroit Lions.
0: Yeah, because I mean, he was. I mean, he was a guy that was just kind of a throw-in in that deal. Take him off our hands. You know, they were talking about. You know, hey. You know, we'll see how he does. We'll draft another quarterback. Now, this year they drafted Hendon Hooker, but I mean, I think after what they saw, what Goff could do last year, and that contract that he signed that looks so big, then, you know, somewhat manageable now uh, based on where the market has gone. You got to stick with him. I mean, he's he is driving that that offense. So, uh, yeah, as long as it all happens after opening night, I'm good. All right. So we're left with the East and we talked about, you know, Philadelphia. And I don't think it's, you know, any, you know, we're going out on any sort of limb here saying that they they arguably have the best uh, roster in the NFL. I mean, even the the AFC. I mean, as good as all the AFC teams are, the Eagles may have the best roster, top to bottom, of anyone. And they throw and they just throw in a couple more Georgia Bulldogs in the first round: Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, into the mix. Uh, okay, so so are we? Are they going to be better? And they lost some pieces, but you also have Nicobe Dean. Now he's going to be the starter. I think he might be the green dot in the middle of the defense. So I don't I don't see them really regressing at all. Maybe offensively, can they really take a step back? I don't know. But there's certainly not going to be a surprise this year uh, to defenses or oh, how good Jalen Hurts is. I think they damn well know how good he is after that performance he put on during the playoffs and especially in the Super Bowl. So I think you know, Philly is Philly. I guess the question is now can Dallas take a step up? You know, are they, you know, throw, you know add Brandon Cooks, the defense is a little bit better. You bring in Stefan Gilmore uh, to kind of nurture that back end and help with Javon Diggs, bring him along, even uh, grow more in his game, be an even better player. But what do you think of the big star? Is, is, is Dak going to be able to kind of take? take it to the next level, not just put up good numbers during the regular season, but kind of crush it in the playoffs.
1: That's the question, Lo. Jerry Jones certainly hopes that he'll be able to do that. But I know you and Stephen A. have, have their doubts, you know, in Dak. They don't, you don't believe in Dak. You don't like Dallas. I mean, that's, uh, that's a fact, but um, I just think, The one thing that Dallas has going for itself is they kept Dan Dan Quinn, and they still have that defense, okay? That defense has been spectacular the last couple of years. And they've got horses in all facets, in all positions, and Micah Parsons and, you know, Trayvon Diggs. And they have players that are able to come up with the turnovers, make game-changing plays. So it's not all on Dak, and it's not all on that running game. They did bring in Brandon Cooks to help CeeDee Lamb. Will that be enough? I guess we'll see. I mean, I I like the Giants in this division. I, I like what I'm seeing from Daniel Jones in the preseason. I think he's feeling more comfortable. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be pissed off because they didn't give him that extension. He didn't, he didn't get it. You know, he's disgruntled right now, but I think he's vying for that big-time deal. Plus, they brought in Darren Waller. He's been injured the past couple of years, but he had a really, really good season in 2020. And I think he'll be Daniel Jones' best friend. I think Martindale, with all these pieces, second year in that system, I think the Giants' defense is going to be better. So, agree. I mean, we both agree, right? The NFC East Division is the most competitive and the most, like, you know, star filled division in all of the NFC. It's going to be incredibly competitive.
0: Yeah, and I I think well, again Daniel Jones has got to make the the next step up. Uh, he kind of they, they took the turnover piece out of the game out of his game last year, and it made a huge difference. Now again, like you said, they add Waller. Uh, you've got uh, Mike Kafka there as the offensive coordinator. So I think with w- with the the Waller piece, you know, you're going to see a lot of that. You know, and again, a lot of other teams are doing this. You get that tight end piece. You're gonna you're gonna play him like Travis Kelsey. We're gonna we're gonna put our our three wide receivers on one side and isolate the tight end on the other. And this tight end is just a big, huge wide receiver. And like you said, if he can stay healthy, the Giants. Yeah, I look for them to take take the next step up Dallas. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is about Dak. I don't know. Is he, is he, is he not just like Kirk cousins? I mean, not the same player physically, but just kind of, okay, this is what he is. I mean, this is, I mean, he's not this, he's hit his ceiling. Okay. I mean, he's got to like, this is how good he's going to be. Is that good enough? Because I mean, if, The recent history has told us anything. You got to have that dude behind the center to win it all. Or if you don't, you got no shot. And are they going to pay? Can they afford to pay him again knowing that? That's going to be a difficult call, even though, you know. Again, and I've said this a million times. Jerry Jones is an amazing salesperson, an amazing marketer of the brand. He's that team is worth like nine billion dollars, over nine billion dollars. I think the next closest team might be the Giants, and they're like at seven. So wow, you know, seriously. And the and the and the commanders just sold for six billion. So yeah, this is a pretty a lot of it, Uh, I guess, uh, rich, if you would, division. You've got a lot of tradition. Uh, No one has, I can't remember the last time somebody has repeated as champ in this division. It seems like it's kind of on a a rotating thing. And it's hard to even think that somebody else besides Philly can win it. But like you said, I mean, you you know, a couple teams here and we haven't even talked about about the commanders. Uh, Not that they have a chance to win this division, but I think... I don't know. It, it, I think B enemy is going to be a, a kind of a revelation finally to teams, to every, I don't know if he ever gets a head job just because of his personality or anything like that. But he's got some young talent. And if Sam Howell can just distribute the ball a little bit, this might be a very tough offense to deal with.
1: Are the commanders, do they have the best chance uh, from going from last to first? Out of all these four divisions that we talked about out of the NFC?
0: I would say, well, definitely between they and the Bears.
1: Who would you give the edge to? Would would you give the the edge to the Bears? The only
0: reason I would give it to the Bears is because the teams above them aren't as good as the teams above Washington. Because, you know. The, obviously, we've just said. I mean, we think the Giants are going to be better. We think Dallas is going to be very good, especially on defense. Philadelphia is not going anywhere. Those are going to be six difficult games to to win. If they win two of those, or you would think, wow. Okay. I mean, they're not going to be favored in any, even at home. I don't think they're going to be favored against those teams. So that's a difficult thing is where the bears, I think they may even be favored in their opener against the Packers. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. So don't everybody jump on me and say, Oh my gosh, no, it's not even close, but they could be favored in games at home against I'm thinking any of these teams based on, you know, kind of where, where they fall during the season. So I think just for that, are you asking which team is better? And I, I might say the commanders might be a little bit better than the bears right now, but just in their divisions are just night and day.
1: Well, I mean, I guess the, the bears did make a few moves in the off season. I mean, bringing in DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, they brought in, like, Justin Jones. So they they, tr- they signed a few players and traded yeah. for, for a wide receiver. So I guess they tried to improve. My question mark still is their Fields. offensive line. Yeah, uh, Fields and Jen- their offensive Tevin, line. I
0: think Tevin Jenkins got hurt again. They finally found his spot at guard, you know, instead of tackle. And I think he was, you know, turning into a pretty good guard. I don't know how long he's out or, you know, if, if it's – if it's season, th- I don't think it's season threatening, but again, it just it's one of the, it seems like he's hurt every year at least for a portion of it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tough deal there. The, but again, the good going to come down to fields.
1: The good teams usually have a good offensive line. Okay, they need to be able to protect their star quarterback. He can't be like running around, you know, just no. all over the field. Even though he's talented, he's got. You know, he's like Lamar-esque in that way, and he can pick up yards, and, you know, he's a very good runner, but it's just you need to be able to keep him upright and get him the ball in those playmakers' hands. So I think, to me, that's probably the biggest question mark here.
0: Yeah, both lines. You got to be strong up front both, you know, both ways to really make... You know, make make a run through the course of the season and then into the playoffs. Then you then you even have to elevate from there because you're going to run into teams that have a great offensive line, a great defensive line. It seems like Philly, that's kind of the way they built their team. San Francisco, that's the way they built their team, and that's kind of the, the way it's going to go. But uh, yeah, like I said, in the next uh, next week we'll talk about the AFC, do an overview, and then the following week we'll make our predictions. Uh, take a look at the first first weekend games, maybe we'll pick a few and uh, yeah, kind of kind of wrap things up moving into the season and then we'll you know as the season goes on, the stories will come up and we'll talk about the games and and it'll be good. So uh, Alex, you got anything else left?
1: I'm excited. I'm looking forward to you know when the season begins and I'm looking forward to your picks Well,
0: all right. Very good. Had a good year last year. You know, knock on wood, we can bring that back. But uh, but uh, yeah, a lot to live up to. So, for my pal Alex, I'm Lou, as always, on the way out. Lou.